0: In most of the Western world, including Australia, the USA, the UK and Canada, there's been heavy suppression of information on early treatment options for COVID-19 and the new experimental mRNA vaccines. Governments of both persuasions, conservative and progressive, their public health advisors, big pharma, big tech and mainstream media are all joined together in what seems to be a monstrous pact to force their citizens into mass vaccination programs. As more people become aware of the health, ethical and moral issues, the conspirators are not backing off, but doubling down with censorship and advancement towards vaccinating those who are at minimal risk and contracting COVID-19, including young children. Where is this leading and will they get away with it? Dell Bigtree is host of the High Wire, producer of Vaxed, CEO of Informed Consent Action Network, and a former Emmy-winning producer of The Doctors on CBS. Dell, thanks so much for joining us. Well, oh, thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure. Uh, now, tell us about ICANN, the Informed Consent Action Network.
1: Yeah, that's a nonprofit that I started. Really, it's just a consumer advocacy group. Our mission statement is dedicated to eradicating man-made disease. So I, you know, take my journalism background, and especially having worked on the doctor's television show, looking into the, you know, the health around and the the science and medicine and drugs and, and pesticides are all these things as healthy as they're saying, And so our idea is to try and stop creating diseases because products were improperly developed. So, you know, we've covered stories like glyphosate, which is in the Monsanto product Roundup that sprayed over 80 to 90 percent of the crops in America. We now know uh, that it's losing cases. It causes non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, you know, things like asbestos. Or we just found out there was asbestos in, in Johnson & Johnson's talcum powder, baby powder products the last 50 years, those are the things that our nonprofit is trying to alleviate, to make sure that where there are products being used by innocent you know civilians, people, that they're getting a totally safe and effective product. And so that investigation, you know, I'm most known for the analysis that we've done and in our investigation into vaccines. Um, and so if you look online, you looked up my name, there's a lot of uh, pharmaceutical articles that hate my guts. Uh, because I just I don't just take the statement because people tell me vaccines are safe and effective. Um, I wanted to really figure out, are they safe and how have they proven they're safe? And so that's a large part of the, the investigation that we're known for.
0: Interesting with censorship and uh, with COVID-19, um, I mean, science is when I mean, uh, the narrative is just with fiction, uh, a consensus is basically with politics. And a discussion or theory is science, and the discussion part has been just ripped out of the uh, the actual discussion of um, of um, of COVID nineteen, and a strong case for anti censorship, isn't it?
1: Yes, I mean that's what's so scary right now is that any dissenting voice against a scientific idea uh, or around this pandemic is being you know quashed, and it does it not just journalists like myself but other world-renowned scientists, scientists from Oxford and Stanford, um, UCLA, Harvard, I mean, really all over the world, there are scientists that are stepping up and speaking out against the science behind, for instance, masking or the rush of this vaccine into the market. They are coming from a strong scientific background, but because it doesn't fit the world narrative being put out really by the World Health Organization and, you know, powerful health entities like the CDC, then Facebook and YouTube are just shutting these voices down. Uh, And it's really the irony is, wasn't that the dream of Facebook and YouTube, that we would have this freedom for, you know, during life-changing moments or critical moments like this, a space where doctors could convene and speak from India and Africa and Germany and England and America all coming together to say, here's what I'm working with. Here's what I'm trying, you know, hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin. Uh, and somebody says, well, I've added zinc and I'm even having more success. That's what the dream of social media was, was this, you know, just it's, it's a global connection to each other. And now we find out that it's going to be totally monitored and driven, just like television was. By the pharmaceutical sponsors, by the oil and gas sponsors, by you know, and so we're not getting the truth, we're not getting freedom, and it's really affecting, I think, a critical dialogue that needs to happen right now in on this planet. You've been a,
0: a really strong advocate for informed choice in vaccination and open discussion of facts. Now, what do you see as the most important issue surrounding, or issues
1: surrounding, uh, COVID-19 vaccines? Well, the fact that it hasn't been properly safety tested, I mean, that is that is really the only story. Um, I don't care what anyone says, what any expert's feeling about the vaccine is, Feelings have never made products safe. We've got to prove that they're safe by doing long-term safety trials Every drug that we take in America goes through between a five or ten year safety trial um, Where one group is given the drug and the other half? You know thousands or whatever people are given a placebo Which is is known the description of placebo is you know a product that has no effect on the human body So usually if it's a pill then the placebo group is getting a sugar pill as pain to look like that pill, and then we give both groups that pill. In, in case of injections, we inject the drug or the product into the you know the test group, and then the control group, the placebo group, is injected with saline injections. And then we track health, right? We it's called a double-blind study because n- not the not even the scientists are involved in the trial know who got what. And there's a reason for that because it's actually the manufacturers that stand to make the billions of dollars that will be made from products like back vaccines or a cancer cure, they're the ones doing their own science. So we want to make sure that their bias is not somehow infecting the results, and so it's supposed to be completely blind. Well, in my investigations of all the childhood vaccines, we found out that that double-blind study where we follow both groups for five to ten years, and only after those ten years are over, we unblind it, and we ask questions like, who had more cancer, who had more um, autoimmune disease, or mutagenic effects, where there's actually mutations in genes, all of these things our concerns that we have with any brand new pharmaceutical product we were shocked to find that none of the childhood vaccines went through this process and as i started reporting that on that over the last few years with my nonprofit i've been attacked by the new york times by cnn washington post all saying You know, uh, Dell Betrie is spreading misinformation. Of course, vaccines have been through these double blind studies. It's just simply not true. I was at a meeting set up by Donald Trump at the National Institute of Health. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. was actually the one invited. He brought me along. We all put together all of our issues in front of Tony Fauci, who was sitting right across from me. And we said, why can't we find any double blind placebo studies? He ended up admitting we don't do them because we believe that's unethical to do a double blind safety study, which was crazy. Um, The idea is essentially they have such a strong religious belief in vaccines that they believe they're safe even before they're tested and want to put them right on the market. Now, no one believed me until coronavirus vaccine came along. Then all of a sudden this vaccine comes along and we see it being warp speeded by Donald Trump. Remember, these products, especially the mRNA vaccine and really the adenovirus vector approach, which is in AstraZeneca and Johnson Johnson, they've never been injected into human beings before. You could make an argument that the Johnson & Johnson and, and AstraZeneca, that there are gene therapies that really haven't been successful, that are very similar. And there's people that are saying this isn't a vaccine. It is a gene therapy. Uh, but either way, we haven't had successful trials in humans. And when it comes to the mRNA technology in Pfizer and Moderna, this is so off the charts, brand new. Um, this is like launching the first rocket to Mars. I'm not against doing that, but the people getting on that rocket ship should know we've never gotten there before. We've never even gotten close. We're not sure how we're going to produce oxygen there. And if things go wrong there, we don't really have any way of getting you back. That's essentially where we're at with this. So to watch it rushed right into the population just essentially two weeks after the second shot in the phase three trials, when they just started getting the first data coming in, they all pushed for that emergency use authorization that we saw happen, and now everyone in the world is being lined up to receive this product. That is terrifying. It's terrifying to me. We don't know if this product causes cancer, we don't know if it causes autoimmune disease like lupus or multiple sclerosis. And we won't know about those things for two, three, five years down the road. And then there are real concerns coming out from world-renowned scientists about, you know, epigenetic effects, or what about an issue that is it's implanted in the DNA somehow in the people that receive the vaccine, but it doesn't appear till the next generation. What if the next generation can't give birth? I mean, we've had drugs like that. Right. We've made mistakes with there was a morning sickness pill that was given back in the 1970s that seemed fine for the mothers, but their daughters can't give birth now because their mother took that drug. Those are the types of things that we want to weed out in a good safety trial to make sure that we don't end up doing more long term harm to a person than perhaps the disease or in this case, the virus that we're fighting against. And right now there are some really, really scary predictions and theories from world renowned scientists about what this vaccine might have the potential to do to not only the individuals, but our species. And that's what I've been really focused on over this last year.
0: Do you think there's sufficient public awareness of these issues?
1: Not at all. In fact, if I started telling you the issues that we're concerned about, most of your audience would say, that can't be true, I've never heard that. And I think that's a huge problem. When they say it's not about
0: the money, it really is about the money. On one hand, we had the vaccines and the rich get richer and the poor get probably sicker. the, the then you have ivermectin or you have hydroxychloroquine and the uh, the cocktail of uh, of you know of safe drugs there and by the way nobody's ever died of ivermectin and i think also with the hcq right. um but if they allow ivermectin or hcq hydroxychloroquine or whatever um, and they work. And we know they work, but they're not going to uh, publish that because it would hurt the Emergency Authorization Act in the U.S., which allows the vaccines to be distributed throughout the U.S., you know, still being a trial. So when they say it's not about the money, it really is, isn't, isn't it, Dill.
1: I think money is a huge part right now in the headlines just over these last two days. Pfizer's bragging that. I think they're saying they could make somewhere in the $30 billion range this year from their contracts Mm. with the COVID-19 vaccine. Add to that that this is a product unlike anything in their arsenal where they cannot be sued if it injures or kills anybody. We are protecting them from liability. We paid for this fast track development. We paid for all the safety studies and then they're gonna make all of the, you know, reap all the benefits and if anyone dies or is injured because we didn't do proper safety studies, upshucks, oh, shucks, not their problem, they're gonna walk into the sunset with their tens of billions of dollars. Uh, it is a perfect storm or, you know a, for a scenario that creates a dangerous situation we can't trust Pharma they've told us Pfizer's paid out billions of dollars for lying about products they've made so of Merck Sinopia Benzs, These, you know, companies all the time lose court cases and what do we find out? They knew that the product was dangerous. Whether it was OxyContin and we find out they always knew it was addictive or FenFen or uh, recently Vioxx that, you know, killed hundreds of thousands of people and we found out they always knew it caused heart attacks. The problem is the only way we discover those things, the only way we discover that the Johnson & Johnson baby powder has got asbestos in it is because we can sue them and in court able to demand discovery. We get to ask for their internal emails. What did you really know about your product? What were you saying to each other in private? When these products are totally protected from liability as they are, we will never know the truth. We will never know how safe they thought these were or how dangerous they thought they were or their own concerns. Um, And that is very problematic. So the billions of dollars they stand to make certainly is an influencer. And then remember, what do they do with those billions of dollars? They are the largest lobby in America. I'm going to go ahead and assume they're the largest lobby in the U.K. and around the world, meaning here in America, our lobbyists that fund our politicians, fund these elections, funds the next president of the United States, the pharmaceutical industry is outspending oil and gas through those lobbies two to one is spending twice Mm -hmm. what oil and gas is spending in America, and I know for a fact that we've been in unending wars in the Middle East because of the money being funded into our government by oil and gas. is spending twice that. What do they expect to get for that? That's something I've been saying in my speeches all over the world. What do you think they're buying? And I'm telling you, they're buying you, and you can look at— my you know previous speeches around the world over the last couple of years, and this is what I've said. I think they're going to try and pull something outrageous. I think that pharma is going to in some way try to take over the world and make it that we all have to take their products. And when we talk about a, a forced or mandated product, That's what vaccines are. And I've seen this coming. I knew they were going to be pushing for an adult vaccine program because they don't just want the money, the billions of dollars they make off of our children. They want every single human being on this earth being mandated by our governments, which is, remember, who's funding those governments, pharma is unable to deny or walk away from a product that that they are making. I think that this is, is, is obvious to anybody with brain cells still working, and it is really scary when you look at a future where we don't control our own bodies anymore. The state essentially does, our government does, and they're being controlled by pharma. Then I don't know how you could ever say that you're free. If you cannot control what's injected into your body, You are not a free citizen. I don't even think you're a slave. I think you would have to, at that point, be described as a farm animal.
0: Unless you actually know about this, though, uh, then you're not going to make any progress. You're just going to read what's in front of you, hear what you hear on the radio, see what you see on TV and uh, even on uh, on social media. See what they want you to see. So what are some of the worst examples of censorship or self-censorship that you have seen or experienced during the pandemic?
1: Well, I mean, I personally started my show, The Highwire, which can be seen at thehighwire.com now, but I didn't have a website really. I started it by just broadcasting the interviews we were doing and the information we were providing on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We were just using that social media platform as a great gift, putting out, you know, the interviews we were doing. And then last year, during this entire coronavirus uh, episode and pandemic, um, I had my my YouTube channel taken down. my facebook 's gone for the high wire does not exist anymore instagram they 've all taken it away from us, saying that we're not um, apply, you know we 're not uh, working within their community guidelines, no description of what their guidelines might be and let me just describe my show for a second i have the most transparent news show in the world. I ask people to just sign up to our newsletter, thehighwire.com. When I finish my show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific time is when we do it. We take all of the evidence, all the science, all the peer reviewed studies, all of the articles, every video that I play is sent to the people who watch this email so they can read the whole study so that they can read everything I was talking about so that they don't get, you know, I'm I'm tired of news anchors cherry picking ideas or telling us this is what the science said yet we never read it ourselves I put it right in people's hands. So when they accuse me of, you know, misinforming people, I was like, that'd be a heck of a magic trick because I'm literally handing them the peer-reviewed science I'm talking about. But that is not allowed in the, you know, um, conversation in the world today. We only get one note. It's very much like Fahrenheit 451, that famous you know, uh, novel, the idea of that novel was human beings just can't handle two different ideas. They can't tell the truth. Therefore, we're going to decide the truth for them. And that is now the, the world we live in. And I, I just, when I think about the meme, the one I see going around, you know, when have we ever in history, when in history has the side that was censoring and burning books been on the side of truth, it's never been the case. It is not going to prove to be the case now, Uh, People should be really nervous that I can't broadcast out over any social media platform. Luckily, we're still alive on our website. But I think beyond that, the most egregious act of censorship is the censorship of Donald Trump, the president of the United States. And I don't mean this as a political statement, you know, whether you voted for him or against him. I don't care if Hitler is the head of my country. I want to hear everything the man is saying. I want every thought he's having in his head at three o'clock in the morning, no matter how dangerous it is. That is what helps me inform myself on how I'm going to handle my next vote. When we have the president of the United States being censored on Twitter and Facebook, to me, that shows you how terrifying this has all become.
0: I had a uh, conversation with a a friend of mine the other day and we're talking about, yeah, you know, and, and he said, "I haven't read anything about that." And I uh, said, "Exactly, uh, but doesn't mean it's not true because they're going to suppress that information." And he said, "Oh, you're you, you know you're playing games. You're a conspiracy theorist." And I said, "No, I'm not. I actually am just uh, telling you how it is because we've been ripped off YouTube. You've you've been almost obliterated. You're still here. Nice no. to see you still and looking very healthy, I have to say. But but the 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 censorship from." big tech and mainstream media one you get the feel we we know that they're acting on behalf of that particular government but where does it stop actually better still when when did, did it start did it start when Donald Trump was running for presidency and has it just ramped up and then they saw covid-19 as this opportunity to really you know put the whole process on steroids
1: yeah You know, it's a really good question, and I don't like to speculate. I mean, I try to make sure that what I provide on my show is evidence-based, that I am able to prove uh, the points that I'm making. I would have to speculate how long a process Uh, has been involved. I mean, we may just be seeing the end of a 50-year journey of the pharmaceutical industry trying to become a power player over the lives of the world. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I see some sort of markings of that. Certainly Donald Trump found himself in the middle of it. But I think what we all found shocking was when the President of the United States, Donald Trump, in the middle of a pandemic, where we're being told that, you know, we should be trying anything, no one had any answers, when the President of the United States said, um, I like the sound of this drug hydroxychloroquine, he ended up taking it himself, uh, based on science from Didier Raoult in France, really the equivalent of Tony Fauci in France, who had already done major studies in China saying, Not only can we treat this coronavirus, it's an easy coronavirus to treat with with the um, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. What was weird to anybody with the correct eyes, any journalist, was how Tony Fauci immediately came out against the idea was like, no way. I, I don't believe it. I'm not I don't believe that. I mean, he's already promoting a vaccine that has never worked, has never been used in humans. He's he's obviously pushing for that and is not even open to the discussion of a product that already exists, has been safe for 70 years. And then it got more and more convoluted as we started hearing Tony Fauci and others say that the, the hydroxychloroquine was dangerous, could cause heart attacks. That was news to everybody taking it on a weekly basis that had rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. It was news to all the people that use it for um malaria all over the world the truth is is that is one of the safest drugs we had ever seen and when you want to talk about a conspiracy theory how about this idea how about the idea that this virus is so novel and brand new that somebody somehow tony fauci psychically knows that there will be no existing drug to treat it no you know viral drug no bacterial drug no you know whatever that you would have imagined in a crisis like we were talking about the first thing you would have done is like gotten together the best scientists in the world and said what drugs are available what have we tried well then in our research we found out that tony fauci's own nih had done studies with hydroxychloroquine all the way back in 2005 during the sars coronavirus and found that it was very successful at treating sars and it was great as a prophylactic preventative Tony Fauci's own NIH already knew that. That makes it even more suspicious. Why is he coming out against Trump, who just was saying as a guy who doesn't understand, hey, I'm hearing there's great studies out there. And there were, and there still continues to be, yet this is not a virus we're allowed to treat. And I think that that will end up being the story when we look back in history on this. I really think people should go to jail for crimes against humanity. When we sit here in America and we find out that there's over 500,000 deaths and people will grill me on, you know, you're saying that, you know, the, 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 this was just a cold virus. Things that I've said, you know, out of context. And I'm perfectly happy to answer any question. But here's the point. We don't have 500,000 deaths because we didn't have a treatment. There's about 400,000 people right at the moment where, where Donald Trump was saying, I like this, this product hydroxychloroquine, I think there was maybe somewhere between 50 and 100,000 deaths, or maybe even less, but that's where we were. And then we basically banned that treatment from use in America. I believe 400,000 people have been murdered by malpractice and lies put out by Tony Fauci. And then the story shifted as ivermectin, which appears to be an even better treatment protocol, so good that in the trials that they did of ivermectin, they bailed out early because it became so obvious that the frontline doctors, they were given ivermectin, were having no cases of COVID, were not ending up in the hospital, and all the ones they were denying because they were part of a trial were getting sick, and they finally said, wait, we're not gonna purposely kill people, they stopped the trial because ivermectin was so successful. And so, you've gotta ask yourself, and it stands to reason, doesn't it? A reasonable mind would say, Surely there must be a drug that can kill this virus. Surely there must be something that exists on this planet. And yet all of the authorities told us there's no possible way. Our only way forward is going to be a vaccine we've never tested on human beings. That defies all reason.
0: The Common Pass and the Commons project have big pharma, big tech, big money, big health, and big major airlines involved in a global system. Other than the loss of control over our personal medical data, what other big concerns do you have about vaccine passports?
1: The total loss of freedom as we know it. I mean, there's nothing else. That's it. Game over. It's done. You are not a free citizen. You are totally and completely owned by your government, as I said, that is controlled by who? And who knows what? I mean, here's, you know, I don't, I, it's, it's astounding to me that people have such a religious belief in vaccinations that they would give up their own freedom and their own rights. I mean, it reminds me of a fam- famous Benjamin Franklin quote here in America, never give up a little bit of safety to uh, achieve a little, I mean, never give up a little bit of liberty to achieve a little bit of safety, because you will have neither liberty, Liberty nor safety. Um, That has been a standing principle in the United States of America. But who would ever allow airlines to decide what you're going to do with your body? Nobody knows your body better than you do. You're the one that knows your past history. You're the one that knows that maybe you have allergies and you could have an anaphylactic reaction to this vaccine. But no matter what the case, even if these were the safest vaccines in the world, which I think they're going to prove to be the most dangerous vaccines. We're seeing some of the highest death rates reported ever in vaccine history in America, but let's just say they were safe. I personally believe we're supposed to learn from our history. Uh, The reason I named my nonprofit the Informed Consent Action Network, was based on the first rule of the Nuremberg Code, which is informed consent. After Nazi Germany happened, we tried 16 or 17 doctors in the Nuremberg trials, and we said, why did you do such atrocities on people? Why did you do surgeries they didn't approve of? Why did you try vaccines on them? drugs when they didn't have approval. And you know what they said? Well, because everybody else was doing it, or that's what our government or our boss told us to do. Well, guess what? That argument didn't work for those doctors, and I doubt it's going to work for all the doctors that are going along with this insanity right now. But here's the point. If you believe, does anyone really believe at this point that there's no way that their government could have a bad actor elected as president of the United States? Because I will challenge that. I'll challenge that here in America. The number one party that pushes the vaccine program is the Democrat Party your average Democrat on the street and they will describe Donald Trump as being a racist, as being a Hitler, as being an absolute narcissist and a lunatic. Now whether or not you believe that's true, the point is is half of this country believes that we already had a back, bad actor as president and you're going to give that president, and, and I, don't, I don't believe that's true about Donald Trump, let me make that clear, but it means that we know that that's a possibility. We know that we could be manipulated enough or somehow enough funding could put the wrong Wrong person to head our countries and you give them the power, the tool of a forced injection into your body because that's who controls it. I don't care what anyone says. You may separate the health departments from your leader. That is crazy. Here in the United States of America, the President of the United States puts in place the head of health and human services. That is the, the mothership of our health department. He, that he or she, the President of the United States, also elects the head of the FDA, the CDC, the National Institute of Health. All of the players that are going to decide your vaccine program. So now imagine somewhere in some weird dystopian future five years down the road from now, we get someone elected that doesn't like black people or doesn't like gay, bi, transgender people or doesn't, you know, who knows, like a race or a creed or a religious group. Or maybe they just don't like poverty. Do you realize they've already designed vaccines that sterilize animals in the wilds? They've used them in Australia. We use them here in America. So the technology exists to sterilize people. Do you really want the next president that you didn't vote for, that you think is a maniacal, crazy person, you can't understand how they got elected? Do you want them to have that syringe and the ability to sterilize whoever they want? That's just the tip of the iceberg of the stupidity around this and what passports will mandate. It will take away your control to decide what you do with your body. Once that happens, like I said, you now have no longer any control over your existence or your time on this earth that is now in someone else's hands.
0: 1,200 clergy uh, wrote to uh, Boris Johnson, said that um, passports will create this two-tier system. Uh, New Zealand, the uh, Prime Minister there, uh, Dern, she has made it mandatory, and she said those that don't get vaccinated will be moved on. In Australia, the, uh, there's a strong talk about a mandatory passport. Uh, you must take your vaccine, otherwise you're not part of society. In the US, Ooh. you've got the blue states who are now in you know, baseball games, concerts and stuff. you got one section for those who have been vaccinated. You've got to show your card that you've been vaccinated. And you got the other section for the unwashed. Uh, scary future yeah. for the world, isn't it?
1: I mean, in a time where America is screaming that we're a bunch of racists and we've always been segregating people and we need to somehow evolve and become better people to have those exact same people making that argument now saying we need to segregate baseball fields and stadiums against people that are what? That are living healthy lives, eating organic food, drinking, you know, purified water, not touching fluoride, trying to make sure that their children are raised with healthy, robust immune systems. You're saying that they should be the scourge, that they should be selected out, and the Dorito eating McDonald's munching, coke, drinking, cigarette smoking people that are dying, that may only survive if they take drugs and vaccines, that they're the better people, that they are the they, the elite among us. I mean, this is, it smacks of Nazi Germany. I know everyone tells me, warns me, don't make that comparison. What are we talking about? How were the Jews described? Those dirty children, that impure bloodline, what's running through their blood can infect you and get you killed or hurt us as a species. This is exactly what we're hearing from the pundits and the news anchors in the United States of America that once thought it held up that beacon of light for freedom of all of its citizens. Now it wants to call for the segregation against the people that are vaccine free, that are naturally immune. It's, it's preposterous and it is horrifying. I don't think it's going to work. And frankly, let me just turn the coin over for a second. I'm not sure if I mind if you have a passport. Go ahead, but I want it to be on your shoulder. I want you wearing the badge of honor. Go ahead and celebrate it that you got your vaccinations because then we'll know when we start seeing the issues that happened in the animal trials that got the animals killed, when you start knowing, we'll say, yep, vaccinated too, yep, it was the vaccine, and we will know to stay away from you. So that can cut both ways if that's how we're going to play this game. I believe the vaccinated are the ones that are dangerous in society. Doctor. Dirk van den Bosch, a leading virologist in the world, has made that statement in so many ways. We have Dr. Michael Yeadon, ex-Pfizer vice president, saying he believes the vaccine is going to make uh, women sterilized. They won't be able to give birth. This vaccine could be on track to destroy our species on this planet. So if you're one of the ones that got it, I think it would be good if we mark you out so that we know, in case we go down, that type of horrifying science fiction event. You mentioned
0: before, as you wind this up, uh, those that um, eat burritos, I mean, I'm one of those, uh, drink margaritas, uh, not an anti-vaxxer, but um, I ain't touching this at the moment. Uh, yeah. and, and if the TGA in Australia is watching, I'm unwashed. Uh, but if somebody wants to find out more about what Dell Bigtree thinks about, um, do you know of any good website?
1: Well, you know, I always say go to, you know, everyone, house their own website. Like I said, if you go to the highwire.com, mm-hmm. we put the information in your hands. But I take a step beyond that. I'm, I'm not trying to get people to watch my show or anyone else's. You should be reading the inserts. You should, if you are getting this vaccine and you did not, like say you're getting Pfizer, did you read the emergency use authorization of that product? Did you see what they said they didn't know about it? What they did know and what they didn't know? Like the fact that they're saying they don't know if it's going to stop you from getting infected, that there's a good chance you will still get infected even after you've gone through the sickness we've all heard about after receiving the vaccine, that you're taking on the risk of blood clots and um, thrombocytopenia at the same time for a product that may not even stop your own infection. Therefore, won't stop transmission and won't protect anyone around you. The studies in Israel are telling us that, that at best, maybe this has a 60% success rate. If it has a 40% failure rate, I think it's higher, but even if that's the best it does, that is not enough to achieve herd immunity. Herd immunity will only be achieved by those that are naturally infected by this. And so we're going to have to get infected. So we should be putting our most healthy forward and then protecting those that are really at risk that very small group of people over the age of 65 suffering two or three other comorbidities as it averages out they're usually dying of cancer and heart disease and diabetes or something like that protect those people the rest of us that can handle this we should be out getting natural immunity it's the strongest immunity and it's the only way places like australia will truly march into the future otherwise you can get these failing vaccines that are already making um, their booster shots because it's already failing. We know that the South African strain is already getting around Pfizer's vaccine, so the two vaccines isn't enough. Six months down the road, you're gonna have to get your third, and that means you're on track to have to get these vaccines every six months. If you want to jump on that road, that's okay. But the science told you that's what was happening. Go read the studies. And if you want to know how to find the studies, then go to my website. But go read the studies. If you're gonna get any vaccine for your children. Ask your doctor. Can I see the insert that was wrapped around the vaccine that came in the box? No, not the sheet that was written by Merck or Pfizer or Synopia Ventus to tell me I might have a little swelling. I want to know what they claimed in the disclaimer written inside the pamphlet in the box. Most of the time, your doctors will fight you. They'll start screaming at you that you're anti-vax. Somehow these days, having good questions mean you're anti something. No, I'm just trying to get information. If you can't get it from your doctor, get online and then look up and research. You can hunt for it. Just say, for instance, I want the vaccine insert for the MMRV vaccine or, you know, whatever vaccine you're looking at, and then read the ingredients, and then read the side effects that they list. Start your study there. Start with what they are already admitting about their products. And then if that makes you curious, come on over and check out thehighwire.com. we got a lot of information to share with you.
0: Del Big Tree, I'm speechless, uh, and you did that all with one breath. It was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, and we have to do this again later on. I look forward to it. Take care. And that's it for Asia Pacific Today. Thanks so much
1: for joining us. I'm Mike Ryan.